Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss new laws introduced to update HIPAA, unhealthy copper levels in some alcoholic beverages, and new laws to monitor Colorado air toxins. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 125, the week of February 21st. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code for this week is W56.41XD, bitten by shark, subsequent encounter. Ah, so the second time or third time you've been bitten by the shark. This is a big time diagnosis code for shark week, which happens in August. Right. Uh, definitely bad news bears because in this encounter, yeah, like you said, bad news you sharks. Get bitten by it twice. Yeah. So maybe you can have the the code that says the first shark bite, and then also if you got bit more than once, the second shark bite. Right. And maybe even the third or fourth shark bite. We don't know. Right. It's a subsequent encounter, so it really could be any subsequent encounter. I'm kind of disappointed that doesn't say it doesn't go into what type of shark. That's true. Because these can be, be oddly specific. Fun. It could be like only a great white. If you don't get bit by a like a great white shark, then it's not. And it's not, thing. you know. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. This was a reef shark that hit yeah. and bit this person. So they got mm. the W five six point four two XA. I'm just kidding. I don't know what it is. Right. Probably exactly. Right. But probably best to keep it generic. Sort of like shark or shark. Yeah. But what if it's like a a shark like adjacent I, I, I don't know what if it's a, like a, what if it's a baby shark like a like a ray a stingray is in the same okay. class no. as a shark no nope, so, that's a different diagnosis code for sure yeah bitten by ray stung mm-hmm. by ray stung or by ray. is that does that apply to people whose name is ray in that case yes for sure anyways i can't keep going on with this bit <laughs> <laughs> First up, we have Senators updating HIPAA. U.S. Senators Tammy Baldwin and Bill Cassidy introduced the Health Data Use and Privacy Commission Act, intending to modernize health data privacy laws to reflect the current tech landscape. The Senators contended that HIPAA often misses the mark when it comes to data privacy issues associated with today's emerging technologies. If passed, the act would establish a commission to review existing health data protections and assess current practices for health data use. The commission would be responsible for drafting recommendations regarding the effectiveness of current regulations and an analysis of whether additional regulations would result in cost burdens or other unintended consequences. Industry leaders voiced their support for the legislation in a letter to Senator Cassidy and Baldwin. Well, this just makes sense. This is just like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've got to change with the times. Exactly. As tech changes, we need to start reevaluating HIPAA. I mean, we... Yeah deal all the time with, we talk all the time about um, different breaches and things like that as, I don't know, hackers become more and more tech savvy and start breaking in, breaking past cybersecurity stuff. It's important Mm -hmm. for HIPAA to keep up with all of that. Agreed. It's been 25 years since HIPAA was was enacted, Albert. 25 years. You know what? Happy 25th birthday, HIPAA. We've got employees that work at eTactics that are, that are, that are younger than HIPAA. Younger than HIPAA, for sure, for sure. What is life before HIPAA? I can't or, imagine just a just a vast hellscape. <laughs> everybody's just stealing everybody's data. Like just that's literally vast, all that's happening. Actually, I heard that 
back in the 90s, the reason why they kind of pushed HIPAA out is because a lot of organizations weren't hiring people based on their health records, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think about. But it but, makes sense. It's dystopian, but it makes sense. Right. Because it's like, like oh, of course so they would so. do that. Of right. course, big corporations would do that because it saves them money. For sure it does. All right. Next up, we've got copper-tainted drinks. The popular cocktail known as the Moscow Mule supposedly gets some of its flavor from the frosty copper mug that it's served in. Flavor, however, is not the only thing the copper cup imparts. A study published in the January-February issue of the Journal of Environmental Health found that copper leaches into the drink. After 27 minutes, the amount of copper leaching into the cup exceeds the 1.3 parts per million of copper that the Environmental Protection Agency sets as a safe level for drinking water. Ginger beer seems to be the main driver in the leaching effect. To avoid a coppery mule, the researchers recommend using a copper mug lined with stainless steel, or to make sure to down the mule in less than 27 minutes, which we can all agree is, is the better route there. Yes. Down as many mules as fast as you can Yes, in under 27 minutes. Under 27 minutes. If it's taking you 27 minutes to drink a mule, then you deserve to get poisoned. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a. It's true. It is a tasty beverage. That's it's so true. good. So I, you know, I don't know. I mean, toxic beverages make sense. That copper is a little toxic. Right. Yeah. I don't know if there's any kind of real long term, unless you're. It's the same thing with like tuna, and mercury, right? Mm, yep. Same kind of thing. It's like this tuna sits in this can. Over time, the can and the tin, the mercury gets into the tuna. Blah, blah, blah. Same deal here. But it's only, you know, 27 minutes. So unless you have probably, I don't know, six or seven Moscow mules a night that takes you longer than 27 minutes to drink for each of them. Right. I don't know if this is necessarily a big deal. Now, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I don't know. Call me old fashioned, I guess. Which is also another type of drink, but it's not a copper mug. It is. It's a superior drink, in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> in this podcast host's humble opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Interesting stuff, though. You never know what kind of studies are going to come out. Next up, Colorado air toxins. Colorado would create five new air toxin monitoring stations around the state, set health hazard levels for dozens of airborne chemicals, and start rationing back those industrial emissions under a bill environmental justice groups call one of the top priorities this year. Sponsors and advocacy groups say the EPA and state health officials rely on best available technology at industrial sites to limit emissions without knowing whether what's actually in ambient air and whether or not it will harm Coloradans' health. They say that while progress has been made on ozone and greenhouse gas pollutants, air pollution that's toxic at the personal neighborhood level is largely unknown and unregulated. The bill envisions a detailed monitoring period with new strategically placed sites then limits on future emissions for specific chemicals in rules made by the Air Quality Control Commission. The standards should be based on health hazard limits already set by states like California. So, I have a little rant for you, Mr. Albert. Okay, go ahead. I'm listening. So, in Ohio, which is where this podcast is recorded, we have this thing called e-checks, right? When your car gets a certain age, if it's past a certain, you know, like maybe five or so you got to go into this garage it's state mandated they check your emissions and then you know it takes some time it's kind of a waste of time you know it's great overall it's great right 
The reason why I say it's a waste of time, the concept of it is fine, but the waste of time part is this. E-checks are mandated in Ohio on a county level, Albert. So you're telling me that if I live in this county and they have an e-check enforced and I'm on the county lines with another county that doesn't have an e-check enforced, you think the air quality changes at all? Do I? No. Do you think? Do you think? As soon as I cross that line, I can't breathe. I, it's, right. It's like, right. It's like, you know, the air in Summit County, Ohio is, is much better than Warrensville because, you know, I just, they don't have e-checks. But it's like, you know, air doesn't have any bounds, Albert. That's my point. So, overall, it's nice that Colorado's mandating this. Hopefully, it doesn't get too political where it ends up something like that with Ohio and e-checks on a county right. level. And it actually does something good. But we'll see what happens. I guess we'll see. With that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, oh my gosh, Albert, what do we got? Okay, Washington State database hacked. Investigators say up to 650,000 current and former Washington State professionals and business owners may have had sensitive data like social security numbers, stolen. The breach was detected January 24th and disclosed this month. Personal data in active, expired, revoked, or suspended licenses was stolen by hackers from the Washington State Department of Licensing. Okay, when you read that sentence, it sounds like the hackers were from the Washington State Department of Licensing. (laughs) That's not true. The data was stolen from the Washington State Department of Licensing. So just want to be clear. The agency is currently reaching out to those who may have been affected and offering free credit monitoring and identity theft protection. There it is. The classic sentence at the end. Yep. Monitoring identity theft protection. Read it a hundred times. Likely a year. Yeah. Likely a year. 12 months probably. 12 months. They probably require your credit card so then they can just charge you after the 12 months. Exactly. Gotta make money somewhere, Albert, off these breaches. Okay. Uh, Lose money. Hackers. Legal money. Not... Not stolen money. Correct. Um, correct. Yeah, Washington business owners, that would be terrible. That's 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 a that's an entirely new thing I didn't even think about. Why not target if you're a hacker, why not target municipalities because they're bad at cybersecurity, usually, number one. And number two, why not target the state department where every business in that state has to register with? And in order yeah. to register with that your business you need to provide your social security number that's scary whoa that is scary yeah well hopefully i didn't give anybody any ideas because that's not good so hopefully the states step step it up in their security practices and everything's well good and uh yeah we like that stuff interesting we like those stories they're very interesting to think about next up michigan social security numbers stolen an August data breach at Saginaw-based Morley Services in Michigan affected more than 521,000 former employees, current employees, and customers. Anyone impacted by the data breach was notified at the beginning of February. The incident started when Morley Services data became unavailable on August 1st, 2021. An investigation found names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, client identification numbers, and medical and health insurance information all compromised. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel said, those affected should watch out for communication that's seeking personal or banking information connected to the breach. Morley Services is providing free credit monitoring and identity theft 
protection services to people whose social security numbers were involved in the breach. So another one, another one. There's so many. At least, well, I don't know. At least they're offering the free credit monitoring. I feel like I'd say the same thing every time. Like, at least they're doing something. <laughs> I'm not sure what else to say. Yeah, this there's nothing else you could. There's nothing else. At you least they're doing. Do. You know what? Stuff was stolen. They're we got more. I I I don't know, man. In this case, it's a business, so right. it falls on the business as, as the but, fault rather than a municipality. Right. But, but between these two breaches, over right. a million people affected in different right. states. Exactly. Right, together, combined, I guess, from two different states. So, yikes. How's anyone supposed to, you know, pretend like their data isn't stolen or hasn't ever been stolen before? Right. Oh, no, all of our data is Where hackers have so much data, they probably can't even mine it effectively. Right. There's no way. They're going to have to, like, go legit and, like, hire people to do it. Yep. All right, password one two three involved in breach, which I believe is a story that we've covered before. That we are this is probably like a follow up, because I remember not knowing how to spell or how to pronounce optionist. Hmm. All right, password one two three involved in breach. The optionist data breach has seen a treasure trove of information useful to the maliciously minded thrown by hackers onto the dark web for anyone to see. Information stolen includes over 1,000 scanned passports, national insurance numbers, detailed bank statements, contracts, and thousands of email addresses and phone numbers. Most of the sensitive data was stored with little or no protection. An investigation revealed that staff stored credentials in clearly flagged Word or Excel documents. Conveniently for attackers, these were titled, among other examples, useful links and passwords, passwords, and useful passwords. <laughs> Over 48 documents with password in the title were included in the data dump, including one that gives away server admin username and password combinations, router login details, and social media credentials. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah, well, you got to stop using password as your password. Stop using password as your password, but also, like, stop putting password, like, stop labeling your documents passwords and useful passwords. And, <laughs> like, that's... Like, hey, hackers, you might as well just put, like, giant, like, arrows pointing towards, like, hey, come over here what, and, here's what you know, to take, take my stuff. here's what you want. Like, this is it. This is right. what you want. <laughs> you laid out, like, a treasure, like, a trail of, like, hey. Hey, whatever. you know, I'm just, it's like a dating app for hackers. It's like, hey, I'm 100%. a, I'm a, uh, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> go on, go I'm on. I'm not going on anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it makes sense. If you think about it, it makes sense. I'm not going to say any more about that, Mr. Albert. But yeah, watch out. Bad hacks this week. Bad hacks. Scary, scary, bad, bad. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.